Hey, welcome to If You're an Old Soul, Speedy. Uh, this is a different kind of episode, something we wanted to workshop and start moving forward. We're calling these mini casseroles. Do you want to explain why it's called the mini casserole? <laughs> um, no. I. <laughs> <laughs> you want it to be a mystery? You want yeah. there to be Reddit pages exploring why the old soul mini casserole? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think if we explain up front, you know, we, we give it away. And if people are just contemplating casserole the whole time uh it'll be a more engaging experience but but the opposite of that would be we look incredibly weird which we've never done before (laughs) right it would be completely off brand you see um i'm gonna explain i i I think it originally the name of this podcast there were there were two names we were workshopping um, if you want to seduce Wes Anderson, which I am still in support of, <laughs> yes, which was really, really like we really had to convince ourselves not to do that right. and remind I, ourselves we had professional lives. Right, I think that's the one that we truly wanted in our hearts, but did simply did not make sense to proceed with. Yes, if you're an old soul, was our superhero movie, and then if you want to seduce Wes Anderson, was our indie movie. That was our true passion project. <laughs> uh, and then we were also going to do Old Soul Casserole because it rhymed and we thought a casserole was like a perfectly old soul food that like mm-hmm. people who really appreciate meals from 70 years ago they love a hell of a casserole <laughs> the Old Soul Casseroles are kind of built around sometimes we just have a lot of news things we want to get to and talk about not necessarily just centralize on one topic and maybe some things we want to show you for example today uh, I recently interviewed Judd Apatow the famous dude who wrote directed knocked up and four-year-old virgin and train wreck and he has a new movie out and i talked to him about some things that i thought were funny not everything made it to air uh in denver where i anchor because i only aired the things that were like about his new movie or he interviewed bowen yang in his new interview book so we talked about him because he's from aurora they grew up in aurora which is next to denver but there were some other things i thought were funny for this podcast i thought i would play so we're gonna get some jet apatow sound jet apatow sound in a bit um, I have a lot of other things I want to get to, though, Speedy. First off, we have some emails I wanted to read you. Oh, we got emails? Speedy? Did- <laughs> you have perception is the reality, okay? We get a lot of emails. Mm-hmm. We are flooding them. The only reason, though, it's been a while since our last episode is because we've just been drowning in how many emails we've been trying to read. Yeah. Speedy. That, you know what? That's true. I've been swimming in them. It takes up several, several hours of my day. If not my full work day, it's actually causing a, a work crisis for me. You told your boss, you were like, it's me or my emails. What are you going to choose? <laughs> you going to fire me or let me look at my emails? I have too many at if you're old soul at gmail.com. Okay, here we go. I have three I want to read you. They're all equally important. Are you ready? Yes, please. If you're an old soul at gmail.com. Okay, here's the first one. Bitcoin es la nueva moneda mundial. Quieres saber cómo puedas ganar un buen dinero invirtiendo en Bitcoin? Question mark. Aga click aquí. <laughs> I didn't know you were fluent in Spanish, Danny. That was flawless. <laughs> I just I I couldn't even start reading because I just it's so funny that a spam email. The first one is Bitcoin. Like the first 
word. Like, I know the rest of it's in Spanish, but the first word is Bitcoin. So I can't even, like, shroud it in mystery for a little bit and make you be like, I wonder where the Spanish email is going. No, it starts with Bitcoin. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Maybe this is our our viewers that, uh, I don't know, are in South America. Oh, wow. Our podcast is is going global. How exciting. Bitcoin. It is. It is true that we actually have listeners all around the globe. Did you know that? This is what Podbean tells me the website we use. Oh, my goodness. I, I remember back when we first started, you were surprised that we had a viewer in, I think it was Ghana. Um, and I was also very confused how someone in Ghana heard about this. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm going to go right now. I'm gonna, I'm, hold on. I'm going to look at the map to see what our most recent episode, because it'll tell you. I'm going to look right now. Okay. Yeah. I want to see wh- which. The up-to-date stats. Maybe we could guess based on the these countries where they are and then base guess where these emails came from because obviously this this bitcoin email came from a viewer right all right we have some downloads in australia a couple in germany switzerland two in japan really poland is it poland no germany canada we're getting around the world around the world okay uh next email and then we'll get to some real things but i like reading the emails too much um, my name is Chen Kuang from Hong Kong. Hello. I would like to discuss an urgent mutual cooperation with you. <gasps> you know what? Just for the funky, fresh rhymes, I kind of want to cooperate with you. <laughs> Chen Kuang from Hong Kong. I mean, that, that's a great opening line. Who could deny some business with this man? <laughs> well, and it's urgent. So I hope you haven't been sitting on this for too long. We have to get back to this Oh, person. you're right. Oh, no. What if I've ruined my opportunity to cooperate? Oh, no. Uh, all right, one more. Um, again, we are an international podcast. Here we go. Hello. Bitte haben Sie mir vorhigen Nachricht erraten, die ich Ellen Besuch kling menes. I am German, so. Verspatten Kunden fans. What if I'm reading curse words and don't know it on the air right now? That'd be bad. Kissen det habe ich Wort auf dein Antwort mit. Freudelichen Glüben from Jeffrey Gilbert. Did you say Freudian meat? <laughs> uh, meat Freudlichen Gruben. Uh, so listen, according to Podbean, we have two listeners in Germany last week. So to one of them, if you're an old soul at gmail.com, if you could tell us what that email from obviously German man Jeffrey Gilbert means. <laughs> <laughs> I would really appreciate that. Thank you. Wow. Yeah, let's give a special, special shout out, uh, Mr. Gilbert. Yeah. Thank you for your support. <laughs> Do you think the name of our podcast should be If You Want to Seduce Wes Anderson, or should it be Bitcoin Es La Nueva Moneda Mundial? <laughs> um, I want to play you a clip that went viral on Twitter. Um, this is courtesy of a, a Big video Boy clip TV. over this podcast. <laughs> Yes, I'm going. Yes, you only need the audio. This was a viral clip from last week of Jaden Smith. You know Will Smith's kid. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was basically describing um, his experience being an old soul. Does Jaden Smith identify as an old soul? This I did not know. Well, we're gonna find out. This has 5.6 million views on Twitter. Okay. We're using fair use to play this, courtesy of Big Boy TV on YouTube. This is a clip of his interview, him describing his experience being an old soul. 
spent my childhood with more adults than I did with kids my right. age. Because I was picking up more things from adults than I were from kids my own age. Mm-hmm. And I look, and I, I go around sometimes and I hang out with other people that are my age and they're just kind of... I'm just like, dude, like, oh my God, like, can we talk about, like, the political and economic state of the world right now? Can we talk about what's going on with the environment? Can we talk- I spent my childhood... <laughs> That's it. It makes me feel so bad about this podcast because we're old souls and you know we're like we need to talk about the environment and the economy and not whether or not Charles Manson was a good musician on our second episode. <laughs> That's that was our second episode, Danny. What are we? What are we doing? <laughs> like the first twenty seconds of his interview, I'm like, yes, yes, that was me. I only hung out with adults growing up, and that's why. Um, I like to watch Happy Days to feel better about myself. <laughs> and then he's like, we need to talk about the state of the world right now. It's like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yes. That is my application of being an old soul. Yeah. Oh. It can't all be about how I'm sad I have no one to talk about match game with. Oh. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> uh. Let's talk about the state of the world right now. <laughs> I'm literally sitting next to a sketch of the, the Marx Brothers on my wall. <laughs> this is a, a true story. One of the reasons I knew I was going to um, date my girlfriend, who I've been with and love very much for the last two and a half years, uh, is because the first time she came into my apartment, she saw that and went, Oh, the Marx Brothers. And I was like, That's it. I'm never going to find anyone else like you. We are done. <laughs> Close the search. <laughs> Call off the search. We found a real one. So I just, I love that clip because the first 20 seconds, I'm like, yes, yes, that is so me. Oh my God, I know. And he's like, can we talk about the state of the world right now? And I was like, ah. Oh, yeah. All I do, oh. all I do is make ticket collages from when I saw um, Paul Anka in concert and Peter, Paul, and Mary with my grandma and um, the lead singer of the Guess Who. Burton Cummings, and I recently emailed Enkelbert Humperdinck to see if I can get him on the podcast. It's a true story. That's a, oh, this is great news. Did not know. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, um, no, he hasn't responded. Yeah, because he was like, he, he emailed me back. He was like, uh, I only want to talk about the state of the world right now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to talk about my music. So yes, we're, we're goofballs and we know it. Uh, Jaden Smith, you are smarter than us, um, and we yeah. wish you all the best. Because right. it's really hard to be the child of two famous people. So I think he's done an admirable job. That's a really hard thing to do. That sure um, is. Yeah. And in okay. a way, I would like yes. to think that maybe, um, I don't know. Is it naive to think that all older people would be concerned about the state of the world? I, you know, I don't think our old soul card card needs to be tarnished or revoked. Because uh, I think throughout time, some people have cared about the state of the world and some people have not. <laughs> that's fair. I don't think that's ever changed. It was just really funny because I thought that he was going to say, like, and that's why I love Tom Jones. <laughs> and, and he's like, and thus the greatest sitcom of all time is the Mary Tyler Moore show. <laughs> And that's not what happened. So I was just, it was really funny. But no, obviously you yeah. and I do care about the state of the world. Um, I literally anchor the news 
And this show right. is my break from that. So it's really just that I don't want to use this show to further talk about the news. Right. I mean, in a way, this kind of relates to uh, what we're going to talk about with Pink Floyd, which is, you know. Mm. Yeah, I mean, they they have these big names, they're artists, and then they go, oh, wait, you know, we can talk about the state of the world with our big name and platform. And uh, Yes. Let's yeah. get to that next. Yes. Uh, everyone, I don't know if you know this, but. Pink Floyd is back, and Pink Floyd, technically, kind of speaking, was our first episode, but it never aired. Dun, dun, dun. Similar to that. Yeah, we did this. Well, maybe we'll do it again one day. We did that famous lore about how um, Dark Side of the Moon and Wizard of Oz can sync up perfectly, but we didn't air it. (laughs) Yeah, supposedly. Uh, We had fun with it. There were were some things. Anyway, uh, now Pink Floyd is back, kind of. Kind of. Question mark. Question mark. Uh, Basically, um, they're supporting Ukraine because this guy who's a famous singer in Ukraine, uh, he like recorded. Yes. Oh, sorry. Speedy, go off. Go off right now. Oh, uh, that's all I was going to contribute. Boombox. I just wanted to say (laughs) boombox. And you'd be right, by the way. Um, anyway, he posted a, a, a clip online, and then David Gilmore, uh, who's from Floyd, his daughter-in-law is Ukrainian, and showed it to him, and he was like, hey, we should use our big Pink Floyd platform to support this guy, and then basically him and, uh, the drummer from Pink Floyd, Nick Nick Mason. Mason. Thank you. <laughs> um, I can provide the names on this story. I got Boombox, okay, yeah. I got you Nick Boombox Mason. Boombox and Mason. <laughs> Boombox Mason Nation. 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 They basically made accompanying music. So if you're going to go into this Pink Floyd song and be like, why don't I hear the sounds of change being thrown into a cash register? Because it's, <laughs> it's not like a real Pink Floyd song. But, you know, it basically said, uh, where's the quote? Right. Uh, where did he say? Oh, it just stuck with me that here we are with our name, Pink Floyd. And that's in parentheses. Um, Pink Floyd. <laughs> and this platform know. that we could use it more, that piece of singing immediately got me thinking of tu- turning it into something. Yeah, end quote. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think your assessment of the song pretty much reflects how I feel about it. I listened to it, and I, of course, being the big Pink Floyd fan, was like, <gasps> <gasps> and that, <laughs> but yeah, but there was no <laughs> change in blinking a company, into things. Man. Oh. <laughs> um, so basically, I, you know, I think it's amazing that they did that um did it scratch my pink floyd itch just musically not necessarily but great that they they did it and i thought it was very funny that after i you know i watched the video on youtube and was trying to you know think about the message trying to forget the fact that it didn't scratch my musical itch <laughs> and then i scrolled down to the comments to see what other people were thinking and the very first comment uh that i saw said hats off to you gentlemen your heart is in the right place. <laughs> and that's all it said. Um, yeah, it's all you can really do with this. Is be like, hey, that was a really good idea. Uh, considering all my other favorite musicians have gotten canceled, it's really cool that you just <laughs> chose to do something nice instead. So, yeah, thank you. Yeah, you know? thank you, guys. They, I, I wish I could give credits. I don't know who asked him this. I got it from Yahoo. But someone asked him, was he considering more Pink Floyd music? And he said, this is a one-off for Pink Floyd. I'm casually working all the time. I'm hoping to get an album finished at some point, but my focus at this very moment is just on this 
You know, we'll take casual music too, David Gilmore. Yeah. That's fine. I would even take works in progress. Yeah, we we don't have to be serious. We don't have to put labels on this thing. Let's just keep it cash. You know, just give me some some MP3s. Doesn't have to be you know full vinyl. But give it to me on vinyl too. Damn it, you Pink Floyd. (laughs) Danny's got a record player. And he wants to I've got use a record it. player now, and I need to tell people about it condescendingly. Yeah, it just sounds better on vinyl. I'm like the kid that's always like, um, the book was better than the movie, but now I'm like, it sounds better on vinyl. You can hear all the instruments, and it has a warmer sound. <laughs> <laughs> oh, see, that's in the same way that growing up, I was afraid of trying alcohol because I was afraid I would like it. I'm afraid to truly get into vinyl because I know once I open up that door, I'm going to be like, oh, man, I should listen to everything this way. And it's going to exactly ruin my life. That's exactly. I waited until I was in at least my second market. No, honestly, I just put it off until I was in a pandemic and then I was bored. Yeah. Um, but I always knew I'd go crazy because it's like Pokemon. You want to own all your favorite albums and you're never going to have all of your favorite albums because not all of them are for sale anymore. So... You're just like constantly in the like in the mood for. Ooh, should I like mine a little bit? Should I should I hunt? Go into this record store and see what I can find. You know. Um. So I applaud you, and you are correct, and I don't regret it at all. Except I've lost some friends over me being like, the timbre on the vinyl is warmer. <laughs> it sounds better, and I feel like I'm in the room with them. Wow. Well, yeah, when you get into language like timbre without having studied music theory, you're on, you're on the cusp of, of uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't want to say pretension, pretension but uh, I'm going to say pretension. Timbre. The timbre. So good job on Pink Floyd. That was the right thing to do. We're, we're darn proud of them, aren't we, Speedy? We sure are. This is strange coming from normal people saying to very wise people that we look up to, and talented people we look up to, but good job, guys. Nice yeah, going. be proud of yourself. All right, Speedy, let's talk about Gilbert Gottfried passing, one of the most beloved comics of all time. I feel like everyone's dad loves this man. He's obviously in some movies, his voice specifically, because I feel like when he comes up, a lot of the people immediately just start impersonating him the second you say Gilbert Gottfried. Are we in the stage of this where we can impersonate him again? I thought we were like holding off on everyone constantly trying to do his voice. Are, are we good? Are we back? Ooh, that's a good question. Also, is it is this a case of too soon? Are we supposed to not impersonate Godfrey until some that, time has I, passed? The, the day he died, which obviously I was very upset about, yeah. um, I said to my producer, I was like, can I say Affleck on the air tonight like him? And he was like, we should probably wait like a day. Oh, boy. Like, okay. So the next day. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> 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 um, but it's, you know, it's, it's so funny you bring that up because obviously R.I.P. Gilbert Gottfried, but also R.I.P. Norm MacDonald and Bob Saget yeah. and Louis Anderson, but specifically Saget, MacDonald, and Gottfried. I feel like those are the three comedians who, if there were two of them and one of them died, They'd be the ones making fun of their death yeah. the most. Like, no yes. one would be making more jokes about their deaths than those three. Do you know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. And, I mean, especially, um, gosh, Gilbert Gottfried is, yeah. is, is it, I hope this, this is a tribute to his legacy rather than sounding insulting, but I, I feel like he's the king of not being afraid of too soon, you know? It, 
I, I never know what to do with it. Like his tsunami jokes in 2011 are pretty right. horrible. Um, yeah. I guess. I don't know why he got to survive that. I, I think he's just like a comics comic. Yeah. Um, I did write down some. I, I look for some jokes of his that aren't insulting or that I can say on a rep- podcast recording. <laughs> so I have some, some, some Gilbert Gottfried jokes for you. Last night I was having dinner with Charles Manson. And in the middle of dinner, he turned to me and said, is it hot in here or am I crazy? <laughs> I like that. And I'm glad you got some more Charles Manson into this podcast. Yeah, I know, enough, right? So. We're really reliving the past today with Pink Floyd and Charles Manson. Yeah, this is causing us to reflect on what we've done. <laughs> um, this one is my favorite. He said, uh, well, I play Jews and parrots. Parrots are how I've branched out. Uh, as a jewish person i i I love that line (laughs) thank you gilbert um yeah i mean he's like the comics him and norm mcdonald like the two biggest comics comics yeah so it is weird to lose them in like the same year's time especially like with both of them they both interestingly like hid their disease pretty much like no one wanted to know that they didn't want anyone to know they were sick. They wanted to stay immortal comedians, and they will now. Yeah. Right. Gosh. Oh, no. I just went into a deep moment of sadness thinking, <laughs> thinking about it. Thinking about it. No. Yeah, I know. Like Him hiding his illness from the my world. My girlfriend's dad was super sad. Oh, goodness. They did. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, Gilbert Gottfried, I, it, was, it was so funny, like, because when I had to read this on the news, we had to be like, Gilbert Gottfried, who you might recognize from Aladdin. You might recognize like, from Aladdin. Yeah, it's like if you only recognize him from Aladdin, then you right. don't really know Gilbert Gottfried that well. You've already like checked out of this read. Right. You, well, yeah. yeah, speaking of, I, I have to say that did kind of rub me a little bit when, you know, the, the news broke. I think 95% of what I saw online was people mourning Iago. Um, rather than mourning the parrot from Aladdin, rather yeah. than mourning the man himself. Like I would see images of the genie and the parrot and people would say, ah, oh, together again at last. Oh my gosh. I'm like, you are you kidding? That. I, I, that's the <laughs> most frequent <laughs> no, image that I no, saw. No, no. The mourning, the I, genie and the parrot. No. <laughs> I saw that pic. It was a lot. There's a pic going around of like, Gilbert Gottfried, Louis Anderson and Bob Saget all together. And that was like super sad, mm-hmm. but Trying to be like the genie, Robin Williams and Gilbert Gottfried, famously both known equally for Aladdin. Right. Gone. Like that's, come on. Come on. If you, if you don't know Gilbert Gottfried is that it's okay. That's fine. He didn't really have like a huge film role or anything, but I highly recommend you watch the clip of him on Hollywood squares because it's one of the five funniest minutes of television ever. Oh yeah. You fool. (laughs) You fool! People keep getting the question wrong because he's lying to them, and he just keeps messing with them, and it's great. It's so good. Again, yeah, I mean, anyone listening to this podcast, I'm sure, is a fan of Hollywood Squares, so we're not telling them anything they don't know. (laughs) Match game. I still can't believe you made a match game joke. Oh, that was great. Um, We also want to say RIP to Taylor Hawkins. Yes. The Foo Fighters. It is very crazy that Keith Moon and John Bonham died young, and now he has two. Yeah. Um, not as young as those two were, but um, it feels young for, like, 2022 when the guy, like, still looked 30 and had, like, really long hair and stuff. Like, Yeah. 
the way life is longer now than it was in the 70s and 80s. It's just kind of crazy. Right. And he was just in a movie, um, which I still want to see. I don't know if you saw Studio 666. Well, so originally, before we were going to do this Judd Apatow episode, we were going to do a Dave Grohl episode because I interviewed Dave Grohl as well for Studio 666. And I was going to play it on this podcast. And then Taylor Hawkins passed away. And I was like, yeah, can't really do that anymore. Yeah, it's not really going to work. Everyone's going to be like, wait, did you not ask him? (laughs) It just wouldn't have worked if I just played it like, la, la, la. Everything in Dave Grohl's life is business as usual. (laughs) Um, But I've seen the Foo Fighters before, and I love Taylor Hawkins. He was basically everyone's favorite. Even Stevie Nicks was saying how much she was going to miss him. Like, he's beloved by many generations. And um, may he rest in power. Yeah. Okay, a couple more things to get to. Uh, I want to play the clip and try to Apatow. Mm-hmm. I also want to say that Harry Styles is a new song, and even though we're old souls here, I feel he is one. He Therefore, is I just want to say that I like Harry Styles. I'm putting the old soul stamp of approval on Harry Styles. Yes, I, I'm glad you say that. I am slow to get to Harry Styles because I have spent so long um, being stubborn and rejecting modern things but then you listen to harry styles for two minutes and you go oh he's the real deal i'm so sorry i neglected you harry (laughs) well his first album came out and i was like is this joe cocker like he was doing like basically like stop your crying now it's the sign of the times we're gonna get away from here (laughs) you're gonna get away you got to get away get away I just woke up my cat. I'm so sorry, Pepper. She's always sitting here when we're doing the podcast. Um, yeah, so I just, I know he covered uh, Peter Gabriel one time. I don't know. I just feel like he's an old soul. He gets us. He does. He does. Oh, and completely separate topic, but I love what he's doing uh, with his wardrobe, with the way he presents himself. Uh, I think it's all great. That's all very progressive. That's not old soul necessarily, but Harry Styles, you're great. Being progressive. <laughs> yeah, being progressive. <laughs> Put it on the poll to being progressive. Make you an old soul. He was raised by 70-year-olds. He's very progressive. <laughs> mm. Okay. So here's the thing about Judd Apatow. Um, when we edit the podcast, I'm going to put the clip in. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you. But I, I couldn't get it on my phone. Oh. I'm going to read it to you. Okay. And I'm going to pretend that you're Judd Apatow. It's going to be just as effective. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So Judd Apatow, uh, we got a, I got five minutes with him. It was mostly about his new movie um, called The Bubble on Netflix. Mm -hmm. Uproarious comedy about the pandemic. So if you're looking for pandemic humor, that's probably a good one. That's going to be cathartic and silly at the same time. Um, then I asked him about his new interview book called Sicker in the Head. Sick in the Head, the first one came out when I was in college, I think. And it was like a Bible for me because he was just interviewing all these famous people, mm. uh, specifically comedians. And it was really cool. And my dad bought it for me. And a lot of them, a lot of the interviews were from when he was a kid. He had like a fake radio show where he, like, he did in his high school. And he would use it to get in the room with famous people. Oh, wow. And he was like 16. And then he was interviewing them like in modern times, too. So it was kind of fun. So, here we go. This is Jed Apatow on his new book, and then his favorite story, and it involves David Letterman and Buddy Hackett. So, Ooh. old souls salivate. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, I loved Sick in the Head for me when I was in college, because it was like, I, you were like my age during a lot of those interviews, and I felt like 
you were asking questions I would want to ask. So how is it different asking questions when you were in, in high school versus now when you're equally famous to all the people that you're interviewing? Can you get away with different questions when you have more to lose or less to lose? <laughs> well, when I was a kid, I just wanted to know how do you do it because I wanted to do it. So I would ask comedians, how do you write jokes? How do you get on stage? How do you write movies? Now I'm really having conversations with people I've collaborated with or coworkers. We're all in the same field. So I think we're, we're talking about, you know, how, how are you doing? How are you doing in your career? How are you doing mentally? How are you holding up? You know, are, are, are we evolving? Are we getting wiser? Are we falling apart? So they're very intimate conversations now. Do you have a favorite story that you got out of somebody? We were like, wow, I'm really proud of myself. I got that out of them. Um, you know, there was a story that David Letterman told about being on a game show, and he made fun of the host, Alan Ludden, who had been a big supporter of his. He made fun of his shirt. And Alan Ludden, in the commercial break, got really mad at him. And he didn't know what to do, and he turned to Buddy Hackett during the break, and he told him the story, and he said, Alan Ludden is so mad at me. And Buddy Hackett just went, you took your shot. <laughs> and that's what comedians do. We take our shots. <laughs> Kid, <laughs> you had your shot. Wow. Oh. <laughs> uh, I wish we could have lived in this era of like game shows that had really old comedians like Buddy Hackett that were on them at that point, and you could just be with an older, snappier version of them. <laughs> that would have been great. Yeah. We, we can mourn that, too, I think. Mourn Buddy Hackett? Perhaps. Oh, Buddy. Better than salivating over Buddy Hackett, which is what I did when you first introduced him. <laughs> Buddy Hackett! Humana, humana, humana. So Buddy Hackett is an, an old comedian, and one time my dad in middle school, for his birthday, my grandma took him to see Buddy Hackett and Dean Martin together. Wow. Okay. I know. I, I know. know. <laughs> I know. Um, and Buddy Hackett, uh, if you've ever seen It's a Mad, 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 Mad World, he's in that. Um, mm-hmm. He looked at my grandma in the front row. It was my dad's birthday. And uh, <laughs> said, would you like a, dr- a drink of water? And then he handed my grandma, my grandma, his <laughs> cup of water, Buddy Hackett. Wow. And... Um, my grandma took a sip. Like, you, yeah, oh, yeah. His Buddy Hackett's water. Handed it back, and then Buddy Hackett took the cup and said, you know, I've got a little sore right here in my mouth. <laughs> Basically, just say, like, I gave you herpes to my grandma. <laughs> Buddy Hackett insinuated he gave my grandma herpes. Wow. And that's wow. something you can cherish. Mm. So naturally, I was like, you know, Judd Apatow, I actually have a better Buddy Hackett story. You're going to want to sit down for this. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, if you want to hear more from that interview about his new movie, about his book, about his time with Bowen Yang, who's from the Denver area, uh, my website for thedenvertunnel.com is my station's website if you want to hear uh, the rest of that interview on The Bubble. Okay. Let's get to our last topic. I intended for this podcast to be about 20 minutes long, and that never happens with us. Our phone conversations are usually three hours long, so like, I'm not surprised, but here we go. <laughs> Let's get to the part of the podcast where if you haven't seen this movie, um, I left it for the end so you wouldn't leave before, <laughs> but it's called Everything Everywhere All at Once. It has a 97% of Rotten Tomato. 
currently has an 8.9 on IMDb, which would leave it like tied for sixth all time on any movie ever on IMDb. Um, I don't even know how to describe it other than a sci-fi family drama. <laughs> yeah. And also, at times, feels like a kung fu movie. Uh, you know, at times, it becomes a romantic drama almost. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, ev- it's everything all at once, as the title would suggest. A little bit of everything all of the time. Now... A lot of people are already talking about this movie because it's got a lot of buzz, so I'm just going to take some old soul torches to it. Um, one thing that this is, you know, usually we're talking about movies and TV and music here, but this is actually, we're going to go with old soul books for a second. Oh, okay. Ooh, this is really good podcast fodder. He's talking about books. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot Jaden Smith was like, <laughs> man, I want to talk about important stuff. <laughs> like Dostoevsky. <laughs> Um, I was listening to a podcast interview on The Big Picture, which is a podcast with Sean Fennessy, and he was interviewing the Daniels, the two guys that directed it. Mm. They go by the Daniels. And they said that they were very inspired by Douglas Adams, who made Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, and Kurt Vonnegut, who's one of my all-time favorite writers, because they wanted to make stuff that was, quote, uh, philosophical but funny, where it's like really goofy sci-fi stuff but also um, talks about the meaning of life. And I was like, yes, yes, yes. Thank you. <laughs> Let's see, I'm, my brain is in such a ten, tangential mood. First, I got excited that they were incited, excited by Douglas Adams. And then I got excited that I recently learned that Douglas Adams was friends with Pink Floyd and uh, named the Division Bell. <laughs> And I was gonna maybe mention it, but now you brought up that Douglas Adams, so I had a reason to say it anyway. You know, anyway, it is pretty crazy how many of these like comedians were linked with famous people and like musicians and stuff. Like how like I think I think I read like Pink Floyd and maybe Led Zeppelin like helped fund Monty Python with the first movie. Like George and George oh. Harrison, I think definitely funded it. Um, oh yeah, I'm pretty sure. Holy that- Grail. Oh, I think George Harrison funded. Uh, oh gosh. Or Life of Brian. Life it was of Life Brian. of Brian. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like right. it's crazy. He already how, liked, like, yeah. Yeah, I think he already liked yeah. Holy Grail, and then he just wanted to see this movie happen. He's like, "Yeah, I want this movie to exist. So here's money. Please make yeah, it." I'm George Harrison. <laughs> Here was some money. <laughs> yes. But yeah, Pink Floyd, Douglas Adams. That is really cool too. Coming full circle. You're really good at these little links today, Speedy. I'm all about segues. What can I say? You miss Segway, little mall cop. Um. <laughs> okay, how do we get Paul Blart into this? Yeah, uh, well, you know, actually, our second episode <laughs> was about, we did a Kevin James biography. We were, we were like, Gary Cooper, Humphrey Bogart, or Kevin James? <laughs> but yes, uh, as someone who, like, one of my favorite books ever is Slaughterhouse-Five, and Sirens of Titan by Kurt Vonnegut. It was just like, oh yeah, that like it just clicked. Like yeah, this is like a silly sci-fi with a lot of contemplation about the meaning of life. Um, hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Another. Sorry, what were you gonna say? Oh, and I was gonna say that I feel the way that they did it, at least for me, maybe just as a comedy person, 
it was way more effective at actually affectingly affecting me emotionally than if it was trying to, I don't know, intentionally pluck my heartstrings. There's something Always. about, yeah, there was something about the way they were able to have hilarious jokes happening, not just, you know, juxtaposed with something serious, but at the exact same time as something serious. I was laughing and wanting to sob at the same time at various points. <laughs> Yeah, I think like when you laugh, you become more vulnerable, like opens up your heart and your soul pretty much to the fleshy parts. So <laughs> now when you hear something serious, it like can really affect you because you've been opened up by them with the laughter. Yeah, uh, I another, care about oh, the hot dog finger relationship. That's all <laughs> I can say. <laughs> then uh, another old soul thing that was a reference to 2001 Space Odyssey with the hot dog fingers because it was like, what if the apes in the opening scene of <laughs> Space Odyssey had hot dog fingers? Right. <laughs> I, I had a note written down where I was like, hot dog fingers, only old soul if they're Hebrew national. <laughs> <laughs> I was taking notes. Yeah, I uh, I failed truly to come up with old soul notes for this. Um, but I was talking about it with uh, my boyfriend, Nick, and he suggested, well, you got old Jamie Lee Curtis in there. Living her best life. Totally Jamie fair. Lee, Activia, old soul fodder right there. I was going to, I actually really wanted to do Halloween this year. I think, didn't we talk, I think we talked about doing Halloween for an episode. Oh, I don't remember this conversation, but I think it's a good idea. <laughs> I think I was going to do it, but then the Rewatchables podcast did it. And I was like, well, I'm not going to follow oh. Bill Simmons. Um <laughs> Yeah, that's a good point. Jamie Lee Curtis is in this, and she's great, and it's so cool that she'd be like, hey, I want to support this indie film. Let me play, yeah. like, second fiddle. Like, that's really awesome of her. Yeah. Right, and it was indie films that even created her career, so I'm sure that on some level she wants Ooh, to support indie. What a great take from a film student of the game. <laughs> Alexis, you're such a, a film aficionado. That was such a terrible Thank Moira. You. Alexas enchiladas. <laughs> yep. Um, also, this is not old soul related, but on that podcast interview, one of the Daniels said, it occurred to me that if there were an infinite number of universes, that every movie is a true story. Hmm. Think about that one. Oh, boy. Huh. I suppose. Yes. Yes, Daniels. Right. Isn't that weird? That's weird. They also said, and this is kind of old soul related, that they wanted the movie to be a metaphor for how kids today grew up with the internet and their parents did not, and the 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 division that creates mm -hmm. the like the multiverse. There was almost a representation of the internet. That makes sense. And parents don't have that, so right. it's almost like Michelle Yeoh's character is like diving into the internet yeah. to relate to her daughter. Right. Oh, wow. I had not even thought about it in those terms at all. But now that you say it, it clicks immediately. Yeah. Yeah, but hot dog fingers. <laughs> it's like, meaning of life, meaning of life, googly eyes. Well, it's been the last five minutes being very spoilery for a second. Um, when the rock turns around with googly eyes on it, I died. <laughs> I thought that was the funniest thing I'd ever seen in a movie, honestly. Yeah. That, it was oh, yeah. touching and funny at the same time. Yes, touching and funny. And also, so impressive that they managed to have impeccable comedic timing 
with rocks that had subtitles. How do you have comedic timing with subtitles like that? I don't know. But the, but the theater, at least what I was in, the theater I was in, we were all on the same wavelength of how that uh, conversation was going. My Lord. It yeah. was so effective. Yeah. It was like we were on AIM again. Like It was like instant messaging with rocks. With rocks. Yeah, the, the two times like the whole theater erupted was when the rock turned around googly eyes or when the rocks were first talking and then when the hot dog fingers first appear and mm, you're like oh that's yeah. that's kind of weird and then they cut to the space odyssey thing and you're like oh yeah they're just going for it now they're just going their apes are gonna beat each other up with wieners we're just gonna go for it <laughs> right and i like uh that the mention of i'm gonna say it wrong uh Raka- rakakui rakakuni rakakuni rakakudui <laughs> Right, that actually became resolved almost as a story, which could have just been an off mention. That's I know. I thought it was. I, a, I thought it was just like a really like yeah, like you said. Just here's a funny thing, and then they just went for it and explained it. And had a redemption arc. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, another old soul aspect of this. Spoilers out. By the way, we're back. Um, the husband, Kiki Juan. Yeah. Who you might recognize as Short Round. From Temp- <laughs> Indiana Jones, the Temple of Dune, or from the Goonies. Yes. Cool to have him back. It's so cool to have him back. And I don't believe he's really done much uh, of anything between when he was an actor as a child and now. This is kind of his comeback as, as an actor. Yes. I listened to an interview where he said he had basically given up. He wasn't getting calls, and he kind of got behind the cameras. He was on the stunt team for X-Men, I think. Like, he was really doing behind-the-camera stuff. See. And then he saw Crazy Rich Asians, and he was like, "Oh, Hollywood caught up. I can, you know, like I should, <laughs> I can, you know, I should go after this again." Um, wow. And it's a long story of like he really, really wanted this part, and he and his wife like cried when they got it. The Daniels were saying so he really wanted it, and they felt that like he embodied him as like someone who's super nice, but that doesn't make them weak. They're just being nice, you know. Yeah. So I love that moral with him. The whole thing of like fighting to be kind to people is still tough i loved that yeah oh yeah and yeah and he yeah he truly embodied it perfectly like i obviously the movie was amazing so i i don't think different casting would have made the movie not amazing but him playing that role to me elevated everything further and he made me care so much man (laughs) yeah it kind of reminded me of like in my black bottom with like chadwick boseman when it's like He's like yelling at God in the movie, and you know in real life he's actually like dying of cancer. Yeah. And you like, it makes it that much more powerful. With this, you're like, you know, it being short round and this big comeback makes this scene that much more powerful. But that only would happen if you had known it was him before you got to the movie, which I learned <laughs> afterwards, and I feel like a lot of people did. But maybe now they'll know. <laughs> right, and even just his performance, amazing. You don't have to know short round. It's very he true. Spoke to my heart. He's a good actor. He's just like objectively good in this movie. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's why I'm fingers. so mad that he will not be winning any awards because that's how life is going to be. That's how it's going to be. Doesn't matter. It's not about the awards, okay? When this movie inevitably only gets nominated for best screenplay, we'll just say it has the highest Rotten Tomato score the entire year. Sorry, random three-hour western. <laughs> oh, that is how it's going to go. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it would be cool if it won, but if it didn't win, I'll just pivot to being like, real movies aren't about award shows, okay? 
I saw it on eight inch film in the timbre of the, of the film quality. <laughs> oh no! Well, I, I am I am becoming that slowly, whether I like it or not. Living in Los Angeles, La La Land, La La Land, is one of the uh, activities that you you can do in LA that isn't available in a lot of other places is going to old historic theaters and seeing movies on film. Um, yeah, that I just never did until I lived here. And there are now movies that I have seen in these LA theaters where I'm like, this is the greatest movie I've ever seen. And then I am actually angry when it comes to award season that it doesn't, doesn't get anything. Um, and that's how I feel about a movie called shoplifters, um, which I believe is a Japanese film. I think, yeah, I got a nomination for best foreign film like two years ago. Didn't win. No one ever talked about it ever again. And I, I still mourn for that. Um, I'm just glad that this movie at least has, uh, people know about it at least. So, but no one's ever heard of Shoplifters. I've tried to go to some old theaters and it's very cool to watch a movie in historic theater. But do you know what else is cool? What? Leg room. <laughs> and like being able to recline. Like, yes, the yeah, history is incredible. Seats. I'd rather just, yeah. yeah, I'd rather just like visit it and be like, I acknowledge this is historic. And then go sit in a leather chair with a food tray. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That's probably the least old soul thing about me is I want the most modern movie theater possible, which maybe just makes me an 80 year old man where I'm just like, I want my chair. <laughs> Give me <laughs> <Wait>. my chair. <laughs> That's yeah, right. You want to be in your old recliner and Yes, uh, I want a recliner. Yeah. Um I did see this movie in like a AM like a regular like AMC kind of theater. So it is it clearly is mainstream now. Yes. Oh yes. I I also saw this in an AMC. I'm a Stubbs member, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's me. <laughs> um I was about to go on another tangent, but maybe we don't need to go on a movie theater tangent. Uh, no, this this like planned 20-minute episode going an hour is um, <laughs> always what was going to happen, and I'm not surprised at all by us. Well, yeah, I guess my, my one last movie theater comment that everybody wants to know, my opinion on, on movie theater environments and seating. Mm -hmm. um, but have you tried the Dolby experience? Do you have AMC theaters that have Dolby theaters in them? I've done it once. I have done it once, yeah. Okay, I did it once, and I will never do it again. And uh, perhaps this is this is my old crotchetiness coming into play, but um, them trying to artificially shake the seat and be like, whoa, when something happens, to me it distracts from the actual movie itself. Um, this is my take that I felt like telling you. <laughs> I was just like, ooh, I have a text. <laughs> somebody's texting me my, my seat is vibrating um honestly it just comes down to money for me mm. <laughs> that's it like to get me to the theater at all movie i have a lot of reviews so um i'd rather spend that money on popcorn i like just to yeah. buy uh, subtract but if you know people you like rumbly seats good support the theaters i don't want them to go away so spend the more expensive tickets so we keep movie theaters i'm fine with that yeah please go for it and in conclusion, <laughs> how does this all tie up in a little bow? And we talked about all what, these things 
in this episode. The, what's most important is that all of these things we've talked about today would be better on vinyl. Yes. Yes. <laughs> if you are not listening to If You're an this Old Soul podcast. on vinyl, you're kind of missing out. Get us on vinyl today. Only fifty four ninety nine. <laughs> so that you can feel like you are in the room with Danny and Speedy. And it's warmer. And the timbre is warmer. Timber. Hey, Mr. Timber <laughs> Vinyl. <laughs>